0: Hey there friends, it's Misty. Thanks for tuning in to my last episode of season eight. I've had a lot of fun this season chatting with local leaders about their organizations and how they're championing the Choose Greater Peoria movement. My last guest is someone who's extremely comfortable behind the mic. After all, it's his day job. He's a 34-year veteran of the radio industry and has worked for many stations in Peoria and Chicago, and he's been the co-host of The Greg and Dan Show, Mornings on WMBD Radio since 2005. I'm excited to be sitting down with him. He's been one of my favorite people to get to know. He's easy to talk to and he makes me laugh. I admire Greg's creativity. He's a storyteller and a dreamer, and one of the things he loves most is bringing people and organizations together to create awareness for important causes. He loves Greater Peoria and is a firm believer that giving back to the community is life's best reward. In fact, he shared his motto with us do good, be nice, go home, repeat. He's been a huge supporter of the community for years, so I'd be remiss not to have him on this season since we're talking about Choose Greater Peoria. Let's dive in and get his thoughts. All right, today, friends, we have Greg Batten with me. Someone that I have grown to admire so much. He is the Greg of the Greg and Dan Show Indeed. in Peoria, and I'm sure you're going to carry this conversation. I
1: cannot wait. <laughs> I never get to be the guest. I love I it. Never so get much. to be the guest.
0: I know because we were having coffee the other day, and I said I can't even like get a word in no. because you're so used to interviewing other people. I have a lot of
1: stuff. Have, I have a lot so of stuff curious. going on. I'm very curious.
0: <laughs> All right, cool. Well, we start every interview with background on the human because I want people to know who you are. Okay, Where'd you grow up? Tell me a little bit about you.
1: Born in Pekin, Illinois, the youngest of five children to a mom and dad who were also from Pekin. My grandparents were from Pekin. So we have a Tazewell County life, right? right? Uh, A heritage over there. And I grew up in a regular working family. My dad uh, was a welder at Caterpillar. He then became a business owner selling welding equipment, so I grew up in the welding supply business. That's cool. If you need to know anything about welding rod, I'm your guy. <laughs> I'm telling you. And I went to Pekin High School, went to college thinking that I would be an attorney. Oh, really? I, I studied political science. I like politics. I like the comings and goings of that kind of stuff. Hmm. And... I got out of college and I thought, I really don't want to go back to school right now. <laughs> I
0: don't blame you there.
1: And so I asked my dad if I could come to work for our company. My brother was already there, my oldest brother. And he said, sure, but you have to guarantee you give me three years. Okay. And I said, okay. So I said, why? And he said, because you won't know what you're doing for the first sure. year and a half. Sure. And so, you know, it'll take you a minute. At the five-year mark, I had an itch to do the radio business that went back to high school. And I went to my dad and I said, I really want to pursue this thing, which I was a little embarrassed about saying out loud. Right. And uh, I left that business and and went into the radio business at 28 years of age, which in our business is old.
0: Right. And you told me that story.
1: Yeah. It was all based on my high school teacher, Betty Bauer's junior year. I was 17. And she said, Greg, you should really think about being radio or TV or something. You got this big voice and you know how to write. Uh, you and were do you that. funny?
0: Were you the class clown? Like I what? was
1: never the class clown because I was a good boy. Oh okay. I was a good student. I wasn't very much a rule follower. <laughs> I want to come back to that in a minute. I was very much a rule follower and I was a people pleaser. I was the youngest. I was always trying to please my mom and dad and my sure. siblings and stuff. And so because of that, I didn't, I sat on that advice when she told me that for 10 years because I was too afraid to say it out loud. Right. I thought it was stupid. It's like saying, hey, I'm going to be a clown or something. But when I said it to my father, he understood. He he got it more than anybody because he had left Caterpillar as a welder Uh in the factory, sweating his, you know, it off every day. And all of his buddies at Caterpillar said, you'll be back. Nobody leaves Caterpillar. Wow! And he never went back. And he made lots of money. He was very successful. And so he knew what it was to do something else, to do something against the grain a little bit. And so him and my mom are my hugest supporters. Yeah, that rule following thing is always an issue. And so then I will admit to you that somewhere in the period of being uh, my sophomore year of, of U of I, I went to the University of Illinois. Okay. I, I lost my mind just a little bit and I didn't want to be the rule follower anymore. What? I dropped out of college. What? I did a lot of
0: Thanks. college things,
1: ish <laughs> things, college age-ish things. All right. And then I I got my uh, brain back in my uh, head about a year later and I transferred schools and I went to a different college.
0: Really? Yeah. So what was your major? Political science. Okay. You said that, yeah. I
1: ended up going to, you'll get a kick out of this. I don't think I told you this. I graduated from, in fact, I believe I will be the only person you know and certainly the only person in Peoria who is a graduate of Florida Atlantic University in Boca Raton, Florida. Which made headlines last year because their their weirdly successful basketball team, <laughs> I think, made it to the final four, or at least the I elite think I eight. I remember that. And yeah. people were like,
0: "Who is this? You went <laughs> there?" I
1: said, "Yeah, I did." So you physically great. went there? Oh, well, I physically went there. Yeah, I lived in I didn't live in Boca Raton, but I lived right next. So
0: you just wanted to kind of get away for a little bit?
1: Yeah, I had family down in southern Florida, southern Florida, Fort okay. Lauderdale area. Sure. So I knew that college just a little bit. I was. Can I tell you the real truth? Yes. <laughs> I was running away from a
0: woman problem. Ooh, okay. Now the truth comes out. I get I'm not going to tell you all the details,
1: <laughs> but I will just tell you this for anybody that might be needing advice. That's impossible to do.
0: Okay, because
1: geography they doesn't will matter. Follow, yes, geography does not matter. But <laughs> I enjoyed follow. my time down there. But when I was down there, I realized, and, and I know we'll talk later about Peoria and such. Right. It was when I was down there for a couple of years that I realized how much I missed. Here, really? Central Illinois. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful, and especially Boca Raton. Sure. It's the most beautiful city you've ever seen. And the beaches are gr- gorgeous. There wasn't a sense of family yeah. and self and, and, and connection that I was used to. I grew up tight. Right. Pekin's a tight community. Peoria is a tight community. Morton, Washington. Sure. And I missed all of that.
0: I agree. Yeah. I, I moved to Chicago when I was younger and it just draws you back home. There's something about this yeah, area. Yeah. So, and,
1: and I know that maybe that's true of everybody's home right. turf, yeah. but this is mine. This Absolutely. is yours. So that's, yeah. Yeah. So uh, in a nutshell, that's me. Okay. I was a good boy. Good student. Well, let's go stuff. back
0: to the entry of the radio days. Cause I had an opportunity okay. to sit in your studio the day, yeah. other day and you're so good at what you do, but you started not really knowing much. Oh, right? I knew nothing.
1: <laughs> I answered, I was in a car. In the Quad Cities, in a parking lot, I was making sales calls for my dad's business. I had the Journal Star, the Peoria Journal Star. I was looking at one ads. I was always looking at classified ads for stuff. And I saw an ad for a part-time job at WXCL 1350 AM, which doesn't really exist anymore. Right. Although those call letters exist, and we have them at my company. They needed a part-time person. I pulled to a pay phone and called that number, and I talked to a guy named Steve, and Steve was the guy in charge. He was the program director. And he said, Why don't you come see me next week? And I went and saw him. And I said, Dude, I don't, I, this is the first time I've ever been in a radio station. Right. And he goes, I said, I don't even know what I'm doing. He goes, You only need three things. You need to sound okay and you sound great. You need to want to do it. Obviously, you do. He goes, The rest is you need to know how to do it. I will teach you that. That's great. I was working there two weeks later. And I was working on a part time basis on the weekends and still working for my father. And I did that for about a year. Yeah. And then I, Jumped.
0: Well, when you and I were talking over coffee the other day, you mentioned that you keep, you, you sought out new opportunities. You sort of presented yourself to your leaders in new ways as you saw them come tr- through. And I think that's such an important lesson. So tell us.
1: I've always thought that as many of my friends, family, loved ones are all well intend Their intentions are good for me or you. Right. The only people that can do it is ourselves. Right. And the only way, the magic for me is to do some things that scare you, yeah. do something you've never done before. And also ask as many questions, talk to as many people as possible, because what's going to happen is this magic part of our lives. And, and I do think it's magical that all of a sudden there's a connection made yeah. and, and, and there's an opportunity. Somebody goes, Hey, call, I'll, I'll tell you, can I tell you one? Absolutely. So five years ago, We were getting ready for the radio show. I saw this story on Facebook where a man was on a plane. He's a businessman, 50 something years old. His name is Todd Walker. Okay. The seats next to him are empty. Okay. The woman coming down the aisle is a young woman named Jessica. She has a three year old and a baby. Mm. They, the two babies are crying. Mm. Everybody's stressed out. Mom is freaking out. Now she has to sit next to the businessman. Instead of him being the mean guy, he says, why don't you hand me the baby while well, you settled the little one in the middle seat? And she did, and then she, he handed the baby back. And then he spent the whole flight entertaining the family and, and taking care of them. And they, it turned out they had the same connecting flight. So he walked with them and all this stuff. She posted that on Facebook. She goes, I don't know who this man was. Oh, well, I know who he is now, Right? but but the stranger was such a blessing to us.
0: Right?
1: I said something on the air to Dan, my radio partner, Yeah. and he said, way to go, Todd. Every day since then, April of 18, at 625, we do a story called Way to Go, Todd. Oh, cool. And it's dedicated in his honor of people just doing kind things. Some of them are big, some are heroic, sure. life-saving. And some of them are just people like right. him. Just He right. didn't even think he did anything, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah. He and I are now friends. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to him the other day. I don't talk to him very often, but I called him the other day. And he goes, hey, uh, I have a new job at my business. I'm now in the marketing department. Do you do voiceover?
0: Oh my gosh. And I was like,
1: uh, yes I do.
0: That's crazy. And so
1: it's just, it's one of those little things had that connection not happened. I don't know what's going to happen. We haven't done anything yet, right. but there's an opportunity. Absolutely. Coming. There's an opportunity coming.
0: You and I were talking about that. It's just building connections. It's the lightning in the bottle moment. You it never know when it's going to come. It's it yeah. all of
1: it. And I get a thrill of this. I have a young man who works with us, not for me, but with us is our producer, Caleb. You've met him. Yeah. He is in the throes of like some lightning storm and I'm really? watching it happen he's every everything that's happening connections and, and coincidences and people asking him about opportunities and I keep looking at him I said don't stop don't turn it off don't ask a question just keep doing that
0: just keep moving just through keep it just keep doing that absolutely that's great I see it all the time Yeah.
1: sometimes I get mad at myself because I I don't I stop looking
0: I know we talked about that yeah. and I'm going to ask you more okay okay the Greg and Dan show. How did this come to be? You are like known in Peoria. You are a sort of like personality that everybody looks to. So here's how
1: the real quick trajectory. I go to work at that radio station. That was 87. I didn't stay very long because I didn't really love that company. Sure. And I, this is another one of those moments. I'm at the Morton pumpkin festival parade in 1988. I'm standing watching the parade with my family. I see a young lady that I went to all of grade school All of junior high and all of high school with her name is Brenda.
0: Okay,
1: and I said, "Hey Brenda, what's going on?" And she said, "Nothing." We hadn't seen each other in years. Sure. Her husband at the time, John, was the morning show host at WMBD Radio. She introduced me, and he found out what I was doing part time, and he goes, "Well, you should come work for us." Six months later, I was working for them.
0: That's great
1: because he helped me do that, and then I became uh, the program director right away. I stayed there for a while. That's when I first met my radio partner Dan Diorio. I wanted to be Dan's partner in 1993 when John moved on to a different market. John and Dan were the morning show partners. I told the bosses, I thought I should do it because I just knew it. I just knew it in my heart. Nobody wanted it. Two or three other things happened. He had two or three other partners. It never happened. I had moved away. My wife and I were hosting a show on WLS in Chicago. She was my radio partner for 10 years. And... Uh, we decided to step away from that job due to a, an issue that, um, well, the new guy didn't like us and we okay. didn't like him. So we said, we're leaving. <laughs> right. And I was literally at a school in Lombard, a broadcast school, trying to see if I could be on their faculty. Interesting. I go to my car. There's a phone message from a man named Jamie Markley, who works at WMBD, in fact, is now syndicated around the country. And he goes, hey, we're looking for a new partner for Dan DiOrio. What do you think about moving back to Peoria? At the time, we were out of radio. I was selling real estate. Yvonne was working at a fitness club in Burr Ridge, and she was pregnant. And the pregnancy was a problem. It was having, there were some difficulties, Aww. and we didn't have a lot of support. Sure. And we thought maybe that was a sign that we should move back here right. where there was a lot of support. And so we did, and that was 2005. And we moved back, and I became dance partner. And
0: it's been a huge success.
1: uh, Very, yeah. You guys play
0: off each other really well.
1: It is a weird thing. Here's (laughs) a a little piece of trivia or a little inside. We never hang out.
0: Really, you just I only see Danny in the show in the studio. So crazy. How do you guys prepare? I was asking you that a little bit beforehand. It is a
1: constant. Yeah, it is a constant flood of information. There's so much information right in the right. world. And so we know what generally piques our interest. We will look for stories that we know the other guy might like and that we'll surprise them with or things like that if they're funny things. Right. And so it is a, I, I read all the news I can possibly read all the time. I can never become an expert on any of it. I know that because I don't want to, no. I want to throw as much to you as my listener as I possibly can especially in the morning, you, you're not looking for deep, dark, no. dark discussions. You need to know what's going, give me five, give me five things. Boom, 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 boom. Right. Those things are happening. Okay, good to see you. Yeah. The weather's nice and Bradley <laughs> basketball plays tonight. Okay, off you go. We have listeners for 12 minutes on average. On that average. is how long most people, Interesting. because the commute here yeah, is low, exactly. right? Yeah. Which is one of the drawing. Uh, well,
0: I turn you on now and I love it because I know you. your voice.
1: Well, see, that's the thing. I have a theory. Here's my theory. I have a theory, and you're maybe a perfect example of this. Is that you were a guest on our show. Yes. I think if I can get you in the studio and if we don't screw it up, <laughs> and you at least have a good time. You're going to go, well, I like those guys. Yeah. And I will start listening to them. I believe the pers- that that connection there is the most important thing that we can do. The marketing is all fine. We do TV commercials and all that right. stuff. But the best marketing for us is us.
0: What a good lesson for any business owner, right? Just 100%. building the, and the word of mouth. And yeah.
1: how many times do you see that right. when it's not going that way yeah. and you want to grab the person and go... Dude or You, It's you. This it's your is experience. your place. Yes. This is your place.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't give you the greatest experience coming into our makeshift podcast this studio. It's beautiful. This
1: I love everything. There's shiny buttons, <laughs> awesome. there's the microphones, there's everything.
0: So, you know that I wanted to be a radio host when I, I do was a know kid. That, yeah. So, walk me through the day in the life. You said you get there at 4.30 in the morning.
1: My alarm goes off at 3 a.m. Oh, good Lord. Yes, it is a good Lord some <laughs> moment. I do think that too sometimes.
0: Is it easy for you now to get up that early? Yeah, it's not yeah, bad. Okay. I, I'm used to it. Yeah.
1: Uh, Up at 3, in the kitchen at 3.30 or 3.20, a coffee, and then immediately online till quarter till five. Wow. And then I I send documents to our producer that then he'll print out for us so that I have a, I I need a hard copy rather than the computer to know where we're going that day, what we're going to do as far as the stories we're going to talk about, who are the guests, why are they coming in, uh, have they ever been in before, because it's different. If you've never been in before, it's a... It's, sometimes people are really intimidated, so yeah. I want to make sure that they feel good. Then at I arrive at the station downtown. I live on the north side of Peoria. We're downtown in the studios. I try to get there before five or so, and we go the first time on the air at five twenty four for about two or three minutes. and then the show starts at five thirty. Then, after that, it it can be a, a myriad of things, some post-production recordings and things like that, right. I don't personally voice commercials here in this market. And that's by design. Okay. Coming in 18 years ago, our management said, we don't want that on your voice. Interesting. We want you to not be on every commercial out there, just the ones that matter. Okay. And so I don't do a lot of that, but I do do things like this, of course. Right. Yesterday morning, I went to a conference over at the Paradise Hotel and Casino of a client that was doing a conference. I hung out for a couple hours to see what they were doing last night. I hosted the Salvation Army event. The, the keynote was Governor Mike Huckabee, and me and Mr. Huckabee became friends. And, awesome. and And so it's, it's and even going to Jerry Seinfeld a couple of nights ago here in our town yeah. at the Peoria Civic Center, that's kind of work too, because right. I'm going to talk about it. Sure. And I'm going to talk about the experience of the Civic Center, and I'm going to talk about him, and yeah. and you see people. So right. every time, and now I'm at the point, and I don't mean this to sound so ego-filled, sure. but- I'm around long enough and people do kind of know who I they am do. and it's good for me at the Salvation Army last night. So many people came up just, I'd never met, said, I love your show or I think you're funny or I think you're weird or whatever it is. <laughs> I don't care. As long as you think it, all of that is work. All of that is work.
0: Absolutely. I get that. And so
1: it really doesn't stop. Yeah. It doesn't
0: well, stop. Even walking into WTVP today, you, you knew everybody you saw. Yeah, so. I saw a former city
1: councilman <laughs> out there. Yeah. And and Julie yeah. that works here at the station. And, well,
0: what if know. that is thrilling to you and what's draining?
1: Oh, it's all thrilling.
0: You it just have no, that I, energy. I, I don't mind about you. I don't
1: mind any of that. I love people, as I you can tell. tell. And I love I love helping people. And so oftentimes when I run into somebody, if I ask enough questions, I find out something that they're working on right. or have a problem with. And sometimes I know enough, not me personally, but I know somebody who knows somebody. Absolutely. Right. I love doing
0: that. Yeah, I love it. So we're going to dig into some dots we connected over coffee, oh, but right. I want to circle back. So okay. talk about your wife and how you guys met. And I, you both are sort of iconic in Peoria as a couple, but then as individual personalities. Thank you for that. That's very <laughs> nice
1: of you to say. My wife is Yvonne Greer, and she keeps her uh, her real name, her, her, her legal name is Batten. But I do need to tell you the story. So we get married in 1995. So mm-hmm. we've been married 28 years. And shortly after we got married, my son from a previous marriage, David, was about 11 or 12 or something. And he was playing hacky sack while he was waiting for the bus and he got hit by a car.
0: What?
1: And I we got a call. Your son's in the emergency room at Pekin Hospital. We live in Peoria. So we go flying down there. And I run in first. She just drops me at the door and she parks and then comes in. I'm already in the emergency room back in the back with my son. She comes in and says, I'm here with David Batten. The lady said, family only. Now, her name is different on her card. Yeah. Because she hadn't changed her name. We were going to leave it as Greer, as her legal name. And also, just for reference people, uh, for people who don't know, I'm white, she's black. Right. And so the lady wouldn't let her in. At that moment, she said, I need to change my name legally to Batten in case these things happen. Yeah. But she goes by Greer. TV journalist, anchor woman, reporter, host. Mm. And she started at the WMBD Radio-TV Combo uh, when she was 20. She was an intern from U of I. I didn't know her. Right. She came back at 21 after she graduated. I started knowing her a little bit just because I'd see her in the hall. Sure. And the radio uh, and TV people kind of crossed over a little bit. And then we became friends. I was one of those guys that I had a desk with a chair. Did I tell you this? You
0: did, and I love the chair. This so much. Uh,
1: the chair next to my desk became a therapy chair. Yeah. And people would come to me and just talk to me about stuff, and I would talk to them about stuff, and it became a carth- is it cathartic uh, uh, cathartic cathartic came- cathartic. Thank yeah. you, thank you. <laughs> a cathartic thing for all of us. She was one of those people. Fast forward, we so we became friends. I'm married though, and she's got a longtime guy that she's uh, probably going to marry. Right. And One day I see her in the hall and she's sad. She's real sad. And I said, what's the matter? You okay? And she goes, I'm not okay. And I said, can you tell me what's going on? She goes, no, I can't. Because if I do, I'll cry. And then I said these words that changed the trajectory of our lives. I said, that's okay. And she thought to herself in that moment, why is this man who I do not know very well, who I have no relationship other than work kinder to me than the man that i'm going to marry
0: yeah
1: that doesn't make sense to me this yeah. is all her dialogue yeah. in her head she didn't tell me this till years later I, and she said at that moment she goes i didn't fall in love with you right there i just knew that i was on the wrong path yeah and so then our friendship built and and, and grew over the years and i got divorced and then she dropped that dude and <laughs> we, one day we uh, one uh, this is a true story i said hey do you want to go to bloomington with me I, I want to go see a guy named Delbert McClinton. Delbert McClinton's a blues guy that I like. Yeah. She was like, sure. And so we go, we have a great time and we're dancing drinking beer and stuff. And we come home and she tells this story often in public. So I don't have a problem telling it. I, I drove a van at that time and I pulled up to her apartment and I reached across her and I opened the door and I pushed it open. And I said, well, see ya. And she was like, <laughs> okay. She thought we were on a date. I didn't think oh, we were on a date funny. and she thought the date wasn't over yet. Yeah. And so I was like, I had no idea uh, that that's what she was thinking, but our relationship started to blossom. And then we realized that we really loved each other and liked each other and yeah. professionally challenge each other. And now we're you have a little children. competitive. We have children. We have a daughter, Ginger, who's 23 and a graphic designer And our son, Justice, is uh, almost 18 and a senior in high school. That's great. And then we have the two older kids, Katie and David, very much part of
0: our lives. Well, you are both in a stage of your career where you can do some really cool things. And so you and I were talking about how you have been re-inspired to do some of your own personal passions. So tell us about the show you're going to launch.
1: There is a show that was in my head for 10 years. If you came to my house tonight for dinner, I would have to clear off a dining room table of some papers and some other things that are, I think there might even be a beach towel on the dining <laughs> table right
0: now.
1: And I would put them in a box Yeah. and it dawned on me about 10 years ago that much of my life is in boxes in yeah. the basement, in the garage and a storage unit in the back of my car. And I wanted to do a show like that about those boxes. So I developed a show called, at first it was called, and there's a difference. I'm going to explain this in a second. It was first called My Life in Boxes uh-huh. because it was my life. And I took about 30 boxes. I put one item in each box. I numbered the boxes. I surrounded those boxes with maybe another 40 boxes that are just in blank. Right. Put them on stage. I stood in front of the boxes. And then the audience that was present, pick the box that I would open. There's a random way that we do that. And so I never know what box is coming up. I do know what's in each box, but I don't know what box is coming up. Yeah. And in each box then I pull the item out and there is a story about that item. Often it's funny because I'm I hope a funny person, but not always. There's some very sad stories in those boxes. Which throws people off because they think they're coming to a complete comedy show. Absolutely not. Interesting. And so what I've learned is that that show was more universal than I expected. It wasn't just about me because people started coming up to me and telling me about what's in their boxes. Yeah, Everybody had something. And I was like, okay, so me and my friend Andy, who's helping me produce this, said, I think we should change it to life in boxes. That's Don't make cool. it about you. And so we have retooled it. We're going to launch a Midwest tour the first show is coming up in November at Illinois Central College. I want to Part of their season. I will make sure that you get the, uh, right. an Good. invitation. And then we're going to try to do like Des Moines, Madison, suburbs of Chicago, Indy, St. Louis, that little area. We don't want to go all over the place. But if I can do that a couple of weekends a, a, a month.
0: That's great. And, and
1: not forever, but right. just, just see what happens. See what the legs are. I am
0: so excited it's, about it. I this. am
1: very excited, too.
0: Well, and you said you got to get out of your own way a little bit when you have those moments of inspiration, right? You drug I, your feet on it for a while. Oh, right? I <laughs> drug my feet on it a
1: long time. I will tell you this. I don't think I've told anybody this. I, I was uh, seeing a therapist a while ago. And in the therapy session, I brought up the Boxes show. Yeah. And my therapist said to me, her name's Melissa. And she said, what's going on with that Boxes thing? I said, Why? She goes, this is the only time I've seen your eyes light up. Aww. I was like, oh, now I got to do it. Yeah. Because no, I, I realized what she said, just said to me, it means something to me.
0: Absolutely. But I'm
1: scared. I'm a little scared. I am scared.
0: Well, what I think is cool about that is tying it back to your pulling up the chair story. The minute I met you, I shared my deepest, darkest dirt and you like were so accepting of it. And I think that's what's cool about sharing your life with other people. Because when you do that, it gives them permission to share back.
1: And everybody's got story, first of all, this is what I like about being a talk radio person. I love nothing more than finding something behind, behind the story. What you
0: see on the surface. Yep.
1: Can I tell you another one? Yeah. So last night I I was at the Salvation Army event. I told you, former governor of Arkansas, Mike Huckabee ran for president a couple of times, author, TV show host, all this stuff. He sat next to me for dinner. We had a great time. Okay. He's, He's a musician since he was 11. He says music saved his life. He plays the bass guitar. He has a band called Capital Offense, which is hilarious. They play classic soul, R&B, and classic rock. That's funny. He said, do you play an instrument? I said, no, I've always wanted to. It's in me. It's in me. I just have never done it. He goes, what do you want to play? And I said, I want to play the blues harmonica. he goes, he said, look at me. I'm not kidding you. You can do this. It's not that hard. I want you to do this for me. I want you to learn how to play it in the next year and you have a standing invitation to play with our band.
0: No way.
1: I am totally doing that. That
0: is crazy. That. I am totally how are you gonna going learn? to
1: learn? Uh, my producer knows how to do that. Okay. He is a music major, right. plays the uh, saxophone, but also knows how to play the... I should
0: lizard. have made you like, oh, dude. do it like, I, oh, yeah. <laughs> now and <laughs> oh, then oh, I like, can't a year do it right from now. now. Oh, yeah.
1: oh, I can't do anything <laughs> right now. I can play uh, nothing on the harmonica. Yeah. I have many harmonicas. And the harmonica plays a, a role in my Boxes show, by, by the way, harmonically.
0: Okay. Cool. Well, before we leave the Greg and Dan show and all the things you do for your careers, anything you want people to know about what you're working on? How's the show evolving, changing?
1: Today is the 15th of September. Okay. Right? The thing that is most on my mind and has been for almost a year now is my partner is having health problems. And in November, he was very sick. We didn't know what was going on. 28 days in the hospital, colon cancer, surgery, chemo, all of that stuff. Free of cancer right now, getting his parts put back together at this week.
0: Wow. And
1: having a little bit of a complication, but uh, because I was really thinking he might be back in our studio next week. He's been broadcasting from his house for since December 20th. Yeah. And that's on my mind most. What
0: can people do to help?
1: I just, I don't know what you do. If you pray, pray. If you you send good vibes, send good vibes. If you just, yeah. You know, can well, think about him. Absolutely. So that's on my mind right now. Other than that, we go into the fall. I was telling you in the hallway, this is a busy time of year for me personally, a lot of events to do, right. a lot of hosting and emceeing and au- I'm an auctioneer in the sense that, I'm not one of those fast talking professionals. People just like
0: putting you on stage. But but, but uh,
1: I try to use my wit to get money out of you. That's what I try to do. I
0: think that you're probably pretty good at that. Again, since it's such a busy time, thanks for being here. I wanted to ask you about some things that you know I'm working on, which is the focus on this Choose Greater Peoria initiative. Yes, very excited. So tell me, when you first heard about this, where were you? What did you think of it? What do you know about it now?
1: Well, I I recall, I probably got a press release, if I'm not mistaken, or a news release, um, and and I know that my wife and I both talked about it and we were like, we gotta go to that. And we yeah. came down to the event at the Peoria Riverfront Museum, which you helped host and along with a lot of folks. And I don't what do we have in there? Maybe two or three hundred people? Yeah, it was quite it was well good. attended. Good. Yeah. And and of course, because of what I do and what you do, kinda know most people. Sure. And it was all the right people. And I thought, <laughs> okay, this is I'm here I've been around long enough to know that we have had many things. Right. We've had many
0: Starts and Marketing
1: stop. campaigns, starts and stops, start an agency, then it fails or goes right. away or whatever. And so there's always an element of side-eye glance a little yeah. bit. It's like, what is this? And yeah. I will tell you, from the minute that I started hearing people speak about what Choose Greater purity was, I could tell it was different than anything we've done before. Because it was more collaborative. Mm. It was more pointed. I mean, it's not... This is not rocket science. We're trying to get people to choose our area, exactly, Greater Peoria, not right. just the city. And I got very excited about it. so I, that event really got me pumped up. I was like, okay. And then I have a philosophy that the Greg and Dan show should try to be a force for good. Yeah, I don't mean that like superhero stuff, but I don't want to be a negative. It's easy to crab about stuff. Easy.
0: Yeah, and I, there's I, a lot of negative stories. Oh, in I could the news.
1: go on. I could go on the radio every day. It's the easiest way to do radio. Find everything to crab about. Right. Crab about it. Get the people on the other end of the radio signal to get excited and mad with you. <laughs> and you think everybody's mad about the same stuff you're mad about? Well, no, it's a small group of you. Yeah, it's a small group of you.
0: Well, and. In, in preparation, my business partner here, Carrie, wrote down that your personal motto is "Do good, be kind, go home, repeat."
1: Yeah, it is.
0: So you think about that every day when you come in. I do.
1: And let me give you my "Do good, oh, go cool. home." You uh, have a uh, sticker. I have a sticker made by my daughter Ginger, <laughs> and it says a quote from Ginger's dad on the bottom
0: of the sticker. I love that.
1: I uh, started. I, I have T-shirts of that. I thought for a long time I was going to sell that, and it was <laughs> too hard. Yeah. And so, but I, I like. There's, there's everything in there. Do good. Get up and do. Right. Don't do bad today. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't mean you have to be perfect. Right. It doesn't mean you have to uh, set the world on fire. Just be a good person today. Sure. Be nice. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Okay. Uh, go home. Uh, go sleep. Get up and do it again. <laughs> it's it's not hard.
0: <laughs> and bring joy. It's That's just what you're doing. Bring joy It'd to be people. Be present. Yeah. Joy
1: and grace are the two things I think we miss most.
0: Yeah.
1: Being graceful. I, I borrow that grace from my wife. My wife is big on grace. That's amazing. It is hard sometimes to remember to be graceful it so is because we get tied up and we're mad and yeah you know, and we get our
0: feelings hurt yeah hey, you get
1: our feelings hurt oh yeah. i get my feelings hurt all the time i do i that's creative I do not people have, take things personally because we put
0: so much into it yes
1: and it's at our core it's everything about your create. it's like it's real it's you and so if you come yeah. to my boxes show and hate it i'm gonna really feel bad
0: <laughs> no way that's not gonna happen Well, I appreciate that you are so positive about Peoria. And um, I've told you, you have um, in some ways become sort of an ambassador for us without even intending to because you've had us on the show and you share our message. So we appreciate that. I will tell you, it has been slow going a little bit getting out of the gate because this was a talent attraction effort. So you not only had to right. sell people on Peoria, of which they were not thinking about Peoria in the first place, but then get them to really think about jobs differently. It's not applying for a job. It's coming in and being available to 25 plus companies, right? right which right. is a little bit of a mindset set shift. But even with all of the challenges when I've had folks on the show this season focusing on this like you they're saying we've never seen anything of this magnitude or this momentum right. and if we stick to it it's really going to pay off.
1: I agree. That's the key. We have to not stop. Yeah. Yeah. I have well, a uh, that you've seen it a million times but on my refrigerator Never give up, never give up, never give up. Yeah. It's on my refrigerator every day.
0: Well, thanks to the Gilmore Foundation, because they have been the fuel yes. for all of this and Laura Cullen and at the helm of it. I want to be a
1: Bob. <laughs> exactly. I be a Bob. Everybody, Everybody needs
0: to be a Bob Gilmore. You
1: need to be a Bob Gilmore.
0: But we also have people like Jahan Gordon-Booth, who has yes. been helping from the political sphere and bringing money She's into Peoria. She's huge this, man. I know. She's so important. I'm so thankful for her, because we need those brave leaders right. that are willing to sort of step outside of themselves and just fight for what's right, so... I guess for your time in Peoria, why is it so important for businesses to come together like this to strengthen the economic engine, especially now? And what what is the urgency behind this in your mind?
1: Everyone else is doing it too. Yeah. No, nope, we're not in a vacuum. We, we didn't just have this idea by ourselves. Right. They don't call it choose greater.
0: Everybody's uh, struggling with talent right D- now.
1: Daytona or uh, Des Moines, it's everybody's doing it. Yeah. And if we wait. We're done. We yeah. we will we will lose it. Uh, I, I'm a pretty competitive person, and I don't. But I'm not to the point where I make myself crazy personally doing it. But I believe in our community. If we we have to keep going because we have a thousand competitors, yeah. a thousand Absolutely. or more. I don't Absolutely. know because our problems aren't unique. We yeah. everybody's got the same issues, yeah. and I I happen to think we're better suited. Mm -hmm. To be a place for people to move to, uh, start a business.
0: Why do you love Peoria? You mentioned that earlier, coming back from Florida.
1: it's hard for me now to put myself back in the unconnected part of my life. Right. But now, because of what I do and the fact that I've lived here most of my adult life, that it's easy. It's easy. I know today, if I have a problem, I can call three people who will guide me towards the answer to that problem. Yeah. I know that I have I call the I, I call it this I call it 3 a.m. friends. Think of the list of people that you could call at 3 a.m. and all you say is hey it's Misty can you be here? Yep. When? Now. Yep. And they don't say why. Yep. They don't ask why. I mean, yep. they just come. Yep. I adore the fact that I have some of those people and that I am that person for some as well. It's not a big group. I'm not saying that's why to move to Peoria. What I'm saying is this town and towns like it, it's a, it's, there's a, there's a inner web of, of respect and love and friendship that you cannot put a price tag on. I agree. And I think when people move to Peoria, I just met some people last night who could not get over how connected we are. It was at the Salvation Army event and that's us at us, our finest helping those folks that need the most help. And, these folks, I think, were uh, from up by Chicago somewhere. And they told me, I was like, this is kind of crazy cool. Right. Oh, I agree. And then I was we were talking to somebody in the hallway before this broadcast about some performers mm-hmm. who had performed recently at the Peoria Civic Center who, like, these audiences are the best audience we've had for a long, long time. That's something. It is. That is, is something.
0: So in addition to saying to talent, you know, like you said, how easy it is to live here, low cost of living, short commutes, all of that, there's really a growth mindedness that we're all in it together. We're one of the most giving communities around. You can walk into a room at the Civic Center for an event and know people. You want to be a part of that. So I think there's a sense of belonging here.
1: Belonging is a huge word. Yeah, Yeah, I agree.
0: Well, again, I am excited to partner with you more as we try to figure out where to take this whole thing. I don't know if I've even shown you, Greg, our newest campaign, a lot of people haven't seen it because it's only like in Chicago market right now. It's called the Asterix campaign. So we give all these little facts about how Peoria is, you know, better than others. So for example, the billboard in Chicago right now says 126% better than Chicago. There's a QR code. People are going and checking out and learning about Peoria, which is so cool just because we're sort of like rubbing salt in the wounds, which is so fun to finally <laughs> punch above our weight class a little right, bit right. and you know, not be as modest. I think it's important that uh, all of us start talking about how cool it we is.
1: We have here. been a little too modest. We have. And that is a, is a commendable attribute. Yeah. Right. It's fine. It tumble until it becomes the other thing until it becomes, you feel that you're not worthy
0: and you, it starts to work against you because those negative voices start drowning out the positive ones. If you don't
1: feel good about yourself, then no one else is going to feel good about you either. Yeah. And, and we do that as a community. We've all, we've done that a long time. Absolutely. And I hate to say we've always done it because then that almost gives people permission to keep doing it. Right. So let's just stop, stop doing that.
0: I love it. All right. So I'm going to turn the conversation back to you a go, little bit. Go for it.
1: I got all <laughs> kinds of time.
0: All right. So you are a leader in your own right. Um, not this just is looking, funny about this, by the way. What's Can funny about you? it? Yeah.
1: I don't think that.
0: Why don't you think you're a leader? Don't know. Leaders create influence and you have okay. so much influence.
1: I, I have a hard time with that.
0: Really? I really do. Yeah. Is it because of its it's not a hierarchical structure your organization or is it more just like you don't realize the impact you have just by your voice? It
1: could be because I'm nuts. I don't know. I don't know. I intellectually know yeah. that people like see you as a leader or respond to my voice or right. like to hear what I say or whatever. It's hard for me to understand that has happened. I didn't I didn't set out for that. I just wanted to be on the radio and tell funny stories and talk about the news. That's all I wanted to do. I've somewhere in along the line found a part of me that is what you're referring to. I still don't put a hat on it. I I can't. I get
0: it. I I never wanted to be a business owner. So here I am. (laughs) And I know how much influence I have. And then people sometimes will hear me say things and I'll go, well, Why'd you pick up on that little thing I said? I didn't mean anything by that. But in their mind, it's become a huge thing. So there's a lot of responsibility with leadership. Yeah.
1: The responsibility. Can I speak to that? Yeah, Words matter. Mm. Many years ago, I used to have a man on the show that would pretend to be Santa Claus. And he was excellent at it because he was kind of funny towards the adults. The adults would get something out of it. But we would have kids call in. And one day we did it, and a young lady called in, and I remember her specifically. She was extremely bright and extremely articulate. And I said to her, I believe that someday, not too long from now, you're going to be on TV or radio just like me. And she giggled, and Santa said goodbye and everything. About a week later, I get a Christmas card from her parents, and her parents said, "Um, I want to tell you a story real quick. Our daughter was born with a severe hair, lip, and cleft palate. Severely, our first daughter, severely disfigured in her face. We were devastated. Our little girl wasn't perfect. make me cry a little bit telling you the story. They said, after years of surgery and therapy and so on and so forth, she's beautiful, she's eight, she's articulate, she's smart. Thank you for verifying our daughter's worth. And I thought to myself how quickly I could have ruined that if I would have said something silly or something wrong. I didn't know who she was. right? And I'm not taking credit for some great moment. I didn't have a conscious thought for that. But it's always reminded me that my words matter. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you say something, as you just said a moment ago, something you say flippantly or offhandedly hurts somebody or comes off the wrong way, I'm conscious of that. It's a troubled problem, or it is a problem because I need to be spontaneous. I I like to be fast. And so if you stop too long and wait to try to find those words, then it's boring. Right. But if you go too fast, you can hurt people. And I never want to hurt people. And so I've tried to find the middle ground there. I think I'm pretty good at it now. Yeah. But that little girl, I don't know, she's got to be 30 years old now. But it's never left me. I still have the Christmas card somewhere.
0: Well, that's such an important lesson to just, you know, you can shine your light on people and you can focus on their strengths and their positives. And as a leader, we're always trying to grow people and like, you know, make them better. But sometimes it's really just about making them see themselves and how great they are.
1: Agree. No, I agree. And so uh, when it comes to leadership, I think just you lead by example. I think you just do good, be kind, go home, yes. all that stuff.
0: Well, I was going to ask you about your core beliefs and your philosophy, but I think yeah. you answered that. So yeah. tell me about some accomplishments. This is probably hard for you to answer too. What's, what are you most proud of? Lately? Throughout your career.
1: Okay. I'm going to give you two latelys. Okay. One, I met a man a couple of years ago by the name of Hector Corona, Hector Corona, is a guy who was born and raised in the worst part of Mexico City. He moved to the United States when he was young. He became a very wealthy commodities trader in Chicago. I only met him two years ago. He and his wife, in a way to give back, bought a camp down in Lewiston, Illinois, or Lewistown, depending on how you go with that. And they bring kids from Chicago to camp. They call it City Kids Camp, because he knows how important it is to have children who are in urban environments get outside. He came to me a couple of years ago, he goes, How do we get Peoria kids there? It's so much closer. The first year we tried, we didn't we didn't make it happen. This last year I was able to, through connections that I have and very generous people that I know, and just using the influence that you tell me I have, we sent fifty Peoria public schools kids to that camp and they had a blast and i'm really proud of that one you should be yeah yeah
0: i told blake wrote about that the other day and he was pretty impressed with it too the uh
1: the other one that happened recently we do a silly little bit uh with our producer sometimes in the morning called spiritual vitamins he is a guy who likes to take care of his health at the highest level and he buys vitamins that come with little words of inspiration on the back on the outside of the package a couple times a week, he reads them to us. We play sitar music underneath it. We sometimes make fun of it, whatever it is. This one day, the core of the words were that everyone's life is worth something. Everyone's life is worth it. Yeah. Right? And we talked about it and we didn't get silly that day. An hour later or so, I get an email from a man named James. He says, Greg, you don't know me. I was listening to that a minute ago and or an hour ago. I am recently out of the state penitentiary or federal pen. I've been there a long time. I'm fifty two years old. I am broke. I'm a ex con now. I have no skills and I have no body. I have no anybody in my life. Ugh. I was going to kill myself today. Ugh. I was gonna drive my car in front of a truck as I was listening to you. And I changed my mind.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Yes. Me and our producer, like we'd started like
0: yes. crying
1: and so we've become his friend
0: oh. and
1: we've helped him do some things and he's got a job now and he's no longer under house arrest he's got the ankle monitor gone and he is i don't know if he's thriving yeah. but he's certainly better than he was eight months ago when that's he was amazing. going to end it so again words matter timing matters yes that's, that's magic that's whatever divine thing you believe in happening those are two things I'm really proud of.
0: I'm so glad I asked you that question. That's amazing.
1: Can I tell you a silly one? Sure. A number of years ago, Martin Luther King Day Jr. Uh, a luncheon at the Civic Center. The guest this year is not going to be a politician or a political leader or, or, a, or a, a spiritual leader. It's Patti LaBelle, the oh, singer Patti LaBelle. Cool. She's not going to give a speech. She's going to have a concert right after the luncheon, like at one o'clock in the okay. afternoon at the Civic Center for about 4,000 people. We're at the at, at the concert well, let me sit back up and say I wasn't gonna dress up to go to this. I wasn't wearing terrible clothes, but my wife looked at me. She goes, "You need to put a suit on." Yeah. And so I put a suit on, and I was grateful for that. And I'll tell you why in a minute. <laughs> we're at the concert. We're sitting down, kind of close, and Patty wants to have three men come up and sing with her. And these two young black men run up immediately. They knew it was coming because they'd been to her shows before. You could tell. And then she says, "Now I want a white guy." And my wife's poking me, and I'm like, "I am not. I am not." <laughs> doing that and she goes you got to do it and I was like no I'm not doing it and so they couldn't get anybody and then now people Jahan Gordon Booth sure. is turning around and looking at me so
0: you sang I'm
1: a team player and I go sing with Patti LaBelle the I'm proud of it but I will tell you the embarrassing part what? I was singing a song Ain't No Sunshine <laughs> and She's Gone by Bill Withers so I sing that song all the time are you all a good time.
0: singer I mean you have a great voice
1: here's the story Yes, I can sing. <laughs> I am so afraid of doing it publicly, I, I choke.
0: Uh, and so
1: my wife's always on me, because she's a great singer, she's really good. Yeah. And um, so I have it, I, I just get scared. But anyway, I start singing that song, and I say, instead of the first line is, ain't no sunshine, I say, ain't no mountain. Ain't no mountain, <laughs> Misty, what am I doing? I ain't know. no mountain. <laughs> and in all of the grace, that uh, we talked about grace, in the world, Patty knew what I was doing Because I hit the right notes yeah. I just had the wrong word She joined me
0: she carried And then we went it.
1: back and forth a little bit On the stanzas for, I don't know, 30 seconds, 40 seconds sure. And it turned out fine It turned out wonderful But I was proud of that I was That's proud
0: of amazing, that. I love that story Awesome, awesome Okay, so just a couple more questions Please You say you're not a leader, but I (laughs) bet you have some secrets to success. What advice would you give a young person?
1: I tell people that uh, come to the radio station, specifically the on air people and our producers and stuff in our business. And maybe this is true of all creative. I'm not sure. In my opinion, no one, no one cares about your career as much as you do right you might think somebody does you might think your boss does you might think the guy down the hall does you might think that lady who runs the station does they don't they really don't we are cogs and wheels yeah until you realize that you are going to think you are making headway when you are not right and then you turn around as a young person maybe you start at 22 now you're 40 and you're and you're you're stuck in a spot Absolutely. because now you've waited too long to do any, well, maybe not too long, but you've waited yeah. and it's going to be more difficult to do the things you were thinking about doing when you were 25. So I say my number one advice to younger people is to take care of that career.
0: Yeah.
1: And by, by that, I mean, watch what's happening. Absolutely. Uh, 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 read the room, read the landscape. Maybe you have to leave. Maybe yeah. you have to leave this job that I have now, which I've been doing for 18 years. When I hit the five year mark on that was the longest job I'd ever had because mm. I was always moving.
0: That's because, how I was. Yeah. It's, yeah. Every two or three years, I would look around yeah. to your point. Where is there a hole? Do I think I can fill it? I also, and then I would take a job yes, description to my yes, boss. Yes. Yeah.
1: I also think this, I think the greatest opportunity, especially when you're younger, it might be harder when you're older, is find a company that's in chaos.
0: I love that.
1: Because chaos breeds opportunity. Absolutely. If you go to a place that's falling apart and everybody's like, don't work there. Yeah. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> you Something. can turn it around and then you well, have a story to tell.
1: And you, Yeah, you can have a story to tell. And in chaos, people find out, wait a minute, you're good. We need you. Then you become needed. Yes. And when you become needed, or as somebody in my life says, a person that moves the meter. Mm-hmm. If you're a person that moves the meter, you can do whatever you want.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll get back to the rest of the interview in just a minute, but first I want to tell you about our sponsor, Symantle. I happen to know a thing or two about them because I'm one of the owners. Semantel is an industrial consumer marketing firm with an obsessive focus on customer experience. We not only execute killer marketing campaigns, but we help organizations align around goals, audiences, messages, channels, and tactics to create more than campaigns, but programs that align to business strategies. Samantha has 40 years experience crafting positive, engaging customer experiences at every point in the consumer journey. And if you like what you hear on this podcast, head to simantle.com slash blog for more content. You'll find articles, tips and tricks, do-it-yourself tools, webinars, and more to help you keep learning and growing right along with us. Awesome, awesome. Okay, well, my very last question for you, sir, is what question do you have for someone else that you're struggling with that you want to put out in the universe?
1: I saw that. You you were kind enough to send me that question ahead of time, and that was the one that got me. Really? I, I, I've been thinking that uh, about that a lot, and I think this is my answer. I'm not sold that this is my answer, but I'm going to give you this answer. I'm 64 years old. I'm nervous about being 64 years old. Why? I don't know what, I've never done this before. <laughs> it's I've never, all new. I, this is all new to me. And I'm a little nervous about how to navigate the next 10 to 20 years. Not old, sure. not health. That's sure. all random stuff. I mean, old's yeah. not random, but the health is random. But I wanna be, I wanna keep being productive for as long as I possibly can. So, what I would like to learn from people who have already done that. At my age and now older, I would like to know how they did it. I would like the same questions you were asking me about stuff. I, I, am a little lost on that. I'm scared about it to be honest with you.
0: Well, I'm 41 and I have the same question. Don't you feel like every stage of our life we go no, through? Like I didn't. Some, no? I didn't know, man. You just stayed I was course. heads
1: down, eyes down, head forward, <laughs> blasting. And I never thought about that stuff. I never thought about it. I just knew that tomorrow I had something going on. Now I'm like, wait a minute. What's going to happen next year? What's going to happen? Where's this going?
0: What's making you think about that? The kids growing up. Yeah, probably. Yeah, just that sort of stage of life. My stuff.
1: knee hurts. Stuff like that. <laughs> I should have had you tell that story. Oh my! Father. Do you, do you know that story? You, you told I didn't me remember. I was on know. vacation. I was on vacation in Jamaica, and I was going down the stairs. I would like to reiterate this to everybody that I tell the story to. I was stone cold <laughs> yeah, sober. Yeah,
0: right. And I was.
1: I, I was drinking later, but I missed a step at the bottom of this giant marble staircase at this resort in Jamaica, I was talking to my daughter, Ginger, and I just wasn't looking and I landed on my knee and I have been spent I'm eight, nine weeks now. It's really terrible. Pain. It, yeah. yeah, It hurts all the time and it's getting better a little bit every day, but it makes me think, and, and it does give you this. So all of a sudden now I I can't mow the grass exactly the same way <laughs> I do, right? Because my leg hurts. I can't I can't swim in my pool the way I normally do because my leg hurts. Right. And so I was thinking, okay, I realize that that happens more often when you get older, right. but I don't want that. I, know. I So I'm nervous about
0: yeah. that part. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing with us I'll all tell you of everything, your insecurities. Man. Oh, I have a lot of insecurities.
1: <laughs> I didn't get to the bottom of that bucket.
0: But I so have enjoyed getting to know you. You are somebody that is Likewise. so easy to talk to and I just appreciate you coming on Marketing Spuds. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marketing Sweats. In season eight, I'm sitting down with leaders from Peoria area businesses and civic organizations to talk about the huge collaborative effort underway to raise up our community called Choose Greater Peoria. We're all joining forces like never before to promote the place we call home, where you can work greater, live greater, and play greater. That's the Greater Peoria Advantage. To learn more about this movement, visit choosegreaterpeoria.org. And if you like this episode, you can hear more at our website, marketingsweats.com, or any of the major podcast listening platforms. You'll find over 70 episodes with guests like marketers, business consultants and leaders, personal and professional development coaches and authors covering a range of topics like B2B marketing, CX, brand building, data, tech, and more. That's a wrap for today. Keep up the good work friends and we'll chat soon.